If you spend too much money on your Halloween costumes, you'll feel worse than somebody who went home with an idol in their pocket. That's why you get the best deals on everything you need at Amazon.com. Help support Rob Has a Podcast and get the best deals on everything you need when you start your shopping at RobHasAWebsite.com slash Amazon or for the Amazon Halloween homepage. Go to RobHasAWebsite.com slash Halloween. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast. And now, here's the guy who was forced to dig deep today, Rob Sisternino. And hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition and an impromptu edition of Rob Has a Podcast, because this was not the podcast that I thought I was going to be doing this morning, because uh, as you guys, many of you guys know who listened to part one of this episode three recap, I talked about how Todd Herzog uh, had something come up on Thursday night and he wasn't able to talk to me. So we had rescheduled for Friday morning. But this morning, it turns out as life life gets in the way, uh, Todd is sick and was unable to do the podcast uh, with me today. So I had to scramble. I had to scramble like a like a Sierra almost. Uh, I had to <laughs> s- scramble around and and fi- and figure out what what to do. And I got very lucky because uh, one of the great guests in the history of Rob as a podcast was able to come to my rescue and bail me out and give us a Survivor podcast today. Here he is, the winner of Survivor Exile Island. I'm not calling it Panama today. I'm calling it Exile Island because Exile Island is back. And one of the stars of the original, the OG Survivor Blood versus Water, here is Mr. Otis Bushkowskis. That's right. Thanks for having me, Rob. I'm excited to be back here. Yes, good to have you back. And you didn't, I'm, this is a surprise to you. I don't think you know this. This is actually your induction into the Five Timers Club. Whoa. Oh, sweet. We should get a t-shirt made. Yes, you joined the likes of actually Jonathan Penner just got in one week ahead of you last week. This is sort of a, an impromptu thing. We didn't even think you were going to be breaking the record this week, but here you are. Uh, you're five time on the Survivor Recap podcast. Uh, you joined the likes of yourself, uh, Jonathan Penner, Tyson, uh, Stephen Fishback, and Richard Hatch, the Fab Five. Wow, that's a that's an impressive cast to be amongst. Yeah, Sophie Clark sitting right there. She's right oh, there on there. four. She'll, she'll be, be there. She'll get there later this season, maybe, unless yeah, she gets injured. Hopefully, I'll get to six before the season's over. Well, yeah, yeah. You have, well, you have the opportunity now to come back later on in the season and pick up two. That's how Stephen Fishback got to five early on. Uh, yeah, he did had to double up someplace. You he know? did. He did two on Survivor Redemption Island. Just so to all the listeners out there, the only way I would do this if it, is if Rob didn't consider this my actual podcast for the season because rob usually likes to just do one a season we'll, we'll do I, one in person we'll do one in person right i'll come to the studio i'll hang out with dom we'll get it going we'll get yeah we'll be somewhere we'll be somewhere this, this season this season of blood versus water is is basically my two the worst parts of both of my seasons combined yes yes <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really you're the perfect person to talk to because yes you know about the exile island and also the blood versus water Exactly. And, uh, yeah, it's it's it's. And I feel like hopefully, uh, so far, it's not the most entertaining season that we've ever had. Hopefully, it doesn't produce the most boring winner 
<laughs> well, play, I, God I forbid. Another crown. God forbid. God forbid. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to get into everything today. Again, thank you for uh, jumping in at the last second. I know a lot of people are uh, asking uh, how Todd is doing and uh, don't know yet, have not heard back from him since uh, this morning uh, when he said he wasn't feeling well. So if we get any word on that, I will uh, pass that along as it comes in. So, uh, okay, we're very excited to uh, get into this. And so we haven't talked to you in a bit, uh, probably since, was it was it last season? We, did we hear yeah. from you over the summer? Yeah, last season. I, we didn't, no interaction this summer. We had a, we had a baby. Yeah, well, everything happened with the baby. And how's, how's River doing? River's great. He's, he's uh, four months old. It's amazing. I mean, you know what it's like. It's, yes. it, it's the golden age right now. You and I were talking earlier. It's, he's not moving around yet. He's not crawling. So This is nice. This is nice. Enjoy it. it. Yeah, he knows he's alive because he's passed those first three months where he might as well just, you know, have stayed in the womb. Yeah. Uh, and so now we're getting a lot of interaction from it. It's great. It's, there's nothing better than it. I'll pass on some wisdom that I got a few months back. Oh, I was uh, texting with Boston Rob uh, during the previous season. And uh, Rob, uh, I had told him like that, you know, oh, the baby is doing good. It was probably about as old as, as River was uh, when I was talking to Rob. And he said uh, he texted back, uh, once they start crawling, that's the game changer. <laughs> so get ready for that. And now it means something to you. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, ah, he's crazy. No, but he knows what he's talking about. Those are BR rules. Yeah, I see. God, your Boston Rob has gotten better and better every season. All right, well, I, I podcast enough to hours that I do it, you know, 30 times a week. That's great. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like you should write, you should have written the forward to the BR rules. I don't know why he didn't. Was not asked. That. Was not asked. Now, is there a forward in that book? I don't believe so. It's not by another person. I have a copy here. Let's pull it out. Yeah. This is more important right now than anything else. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Yeah. No, uh, I don't believe there is a, uh, a forward. Uh, it just goes right into... There's an introduction that's written by Rob, but not a, um, a forward by... You would think at least Amber would have written the forward. Yeah, that, that would have been wonderful. Yeah. I feel like there's got to be a rule somewhere in there about writing forwards. <laughs> you think so. But they have four kids, so they're, they're, they're very busy. They like, got their I, hands full. I know if I asked my wife to write a forward with one kid, uh, I don't know when I would get it. Yeah. No, I, I thought about going to yoga this morning, and then my wife told me, good luck, buddy. For go good feed luck. the kid. Forget yeah. it. Forget go, it. All go, right. feed, go feed River. <laughs> All right. So let's get into talking about some this uh, Survivor Blood versus Water 2. Do you resent that they don't always call it Survivor San Juan del Sur, that they call it Blood versus Water 2 a lot? Yeah, I, I, it's kind of an ode to our season. You know, I think the whole reason they did this season again is because our season was a success all the way around. Unfortunately, we had things working in our favor that this season doesn't, you know, we, we, to begin with, it was 10 returners. So everybody knows who Tina is. Everybody knows who Tyson is. Nobody knew who I was. So they, I mean, there there wasn't that many people that they had to introduce instead of introducing 18 people. They only had to introduce 12. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that Survivor 30 will be a Survivor Brains versus Beauty versus Brawn 2? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see that coming. I don't <laughs> we'll just keep doing the same two shows <laughs> over and over again? Yeah, I, I, that would be kind of strange if they did that. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think that's happening. And I'm curious to know when they're going to bring Vetus back. That's all I really want to know. Whoa. Because me and River will be on the couch watching in applause when that happens. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll be that'll be very very exciting. So the idea to bring in the blood versus water with with new people, you know, I have to admit, I felt like it 
you know, I wasn't crazy about it, but I have, I do feel like there have been some parts where it's been interesting. And I feel like in some ways that there is some potential drama and intrigue here that maybe, um, in some ways is different than the first season. Cause I feel like for the, a lot of the pairs in the original survivor blood versus water, you had the person who really was like dying to be there. The, the survivor who's the returning player. Now your, your situation is a little different because Vetus wants to be there just as bad as, as you do. And if not, uh, more, he wants to beat you. But a lot of the other pairs where you had like Rupert and Laura and, right, and Tina and Katie, Tina and Katie, where you had one person who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a survivor. I'm here because this is what I do. And then you had sort of their loved one who doesn't have the intensity that they have right yeah yeah i mean that's the nice thing about casting unknowns is that you get to choose from a much broader pool so hopefully you get better dynamics you have two people who really want to do it but i i think that the reason that blood and the blood versus water theme works so well the first time is because we got to know the contestants a little bit better due to the fact we already knew half because then then you're invested then you care then you care like oh my god you know those two brothers you're we do we know anything about those two brothers except that one is a little bit lazy wait you're, you're talking about yourself and no Venus? no this season i don't even know their names and i've watched every <laughs> drew episode. and alec yeah drew and alec I the mean, new like, Otis and vetus right the new Otis and vetus like i'm a little bit uh subjective i'm not there's no objectivity in this but they, I also felt like they brought that that challenge back on the the balancing, you know, little lily pad. They brought that back too early. Too we early. Needed, we needed to get to know Drew and Alec more before we watched them. Well, fight. they had a challenge. They it was a challenge this season, and I mean that challenge in the it was difficult this season of of letting us meet these characters. And one of the things that I kind of wish that they had done in the preseason was give us their preseason interviews. Um, by themselves like because right. they did them together and it was kind of it was fine for survivor blood versus water we already know what you're what you're, you know who you are we already know who rupert is and now we're sort of getting to see them interplay with their loved ones but here here's two brand new people and now it's like an amazing race thing where we're meeting two people for the first time and it's hard to really get the sense of who they are as individuals yeah exactly and, that, and that, i think that's the problem with the season so far i think the other problem is is that the nice thing about casting half newbies and half returners is you get to see the, I think it's fascinating to watch the distinction between someone who's been there before and somebody who's new. Uh, that's really interesting. You know, newer players tend to be less cutthroat. They tend to be more naive in the game. And so you just don't get as much gameplay. And this season, I think that the, the same argument could be made. All right. Well, this past episode, we saw John Rocker was the one uh, to go home. Now, were you were you a fan of John Rocker so far in the young season? Were you sad to see him go? Yeah. You know what? I I was a little sad to see John go. One, I thought he was a compelling character. There weren't there aren't too many characters out there that I that are memorable so far for me. But he was one of them, and I felt like, you know, he obviously had a lot of negativity. Personally, that was obviously something that, that people had to deal with on the tribe. But I felt like he was being prosecuted for a crime that he already double jeopardy you know, was punished for. Yeah, it, it felt a little bit like, hey, you know, this guy's now being punished again. And I, I just felt a little unfair. You know, I felt bad for the guy um, at the end of it. And also, you know, the people that were really going down his throat were the was it's Jeremy. Correct. And what was the sister? The, Natalie. Natalie. And, and so they're 
all their anger about watching their loved one get voted off is now being projected onto Mr. Rocker. And that, that was a little bit unfair, I thought. Okay, so many things that I want to talk about from all the stuff that you've brought up. So let's try to take them in pieces and hope that I don't forget all of the things that I want to talk about okay. uh, with that. I was emailing with a friend about the episode recently, and we were talking about the idea of if you're John Rocker, is it in your best interest when you show up to the game to say, hey, everybody, um, my name is John. I'm a former Major League Baseball player, and I have a controversial past that has haunted me. I've been trying to turn the page and move on from this, but there is some stuff about me that I wish I could change if I could, but I can't, and I'm here to get a fresh start and to make a new first uh, step forward. I hope that you guys can accept this uh, about me. Yeah, I, I mean, hindsight 2020, uh, that probably would have worked a lot better than what he did do. Um, you know, I think a couple things. Yeah, that would have been much wiser because you saw in his confessional where he talked about it. He talked about the mistake he made and how he regretted it. But we didn't see him talk about that, you know, with the people in his tribe. And so it's really hard. It's really hard to forgive somebody, even if even if you didn't know they committed the crime, once you hear about it, if you don't see them being somewhat apologetic or, or, or wanting to make up for it. And I think that you're right, that if he would have acknowledged it and acknowledged the mistake, I think people would have probably been a lot less harsh. But then additionally, he's got to know once this is out and he hasn't confronted it and said, I made a mistake, that when a woman is kind of get going at him like that, he can't go and say, if you're a man, I'm going to punch you in the face because <laughs> he's digging his own grave. Why not? That's no good. Nah, I mean, look, I, I'm not here to judge him <laughs> saying it, but in the terms of a social context of how other people take it, you got to know that people are just looking for a reason to vote you out. Never mm-hmm. give someone a reason to vote you out on Survivor. You know, you never want to be too high or too low. And, and that was, depending on where you're standing, one or the other. Um, and just going back to the idea of John Rocker owning who he is, that we know that on Survivor, there's nothing that women love more than a reformed bad boy. Exactly. Well, that's right. I mean, if, if, uh, if, Vitas Bishkowskis wasn't evidence enough. <laughs> yeah, but Vitas had a good a good first episode on Blood versus Water because he did. He kind of said, "Hey, I had this thing in my past, and I was, yeah. uh, I you know, I, I used drugs, and I was arrested, and and all this stuff." And everybody's like, "Oh wow, what a great guy!" Um, yeah, you know, exactly. if John, it, it kind of Jeremy even did that, even though it wasn't a bad boy thing. I mean, Jeremy leveraged the heck out of his uh, being forced to send his wife to Exile Island. Yeah, I mean, that was another similar situation where he was able to leverage that and gain a lot of social uh, capital. So give me my BR rules. Let me let's write an addendum in the BR rules. I'm really I'm really going to do this. All right. New rule. New rule in the BR rule. Uh, Get out. Get out in front of your past. Yes. If you're a celebrity. If you're a famous person. A notorious person. A notorious famous person. Get out in front of it. Acknowledge it and acknowledge that you made a mistake. Acknowledge I, it. I don't even think you need to be a celebrity. I think that there's because the thing of it is, even if people don't know, but you acknowledge it, it, it you get you get a lot of sympathy. From OK, it. if you're Lisa Welchel, does this work? No, no, because you're not no. a notorious. Same because there's nothing notorious about it. There's nothing shameful about it. it. Like if you're Vanilla Ice, it might work. Okay. What about 
But if you're Lisa Welchel and you show up the first day, hi, hey, everybody, my name's Lisa. I was on a TV show in the 80s and now I'm here to play Survivor. Um, I mean, does that, are, do people want to vote her out? Because it's like, hey, you know, you had a job, you know, 30 years ago. It's a fine line. I, I think that you can relate to this a little bit, Rob. And I, I, as, as, as former Survivor contestants, there's been times where you and I have been recognized, but not fully. Like, I feel like I kind of know you. Do I know you from somewhere? Yeah. I, I, it's like, did, I, did, did you go to Northwestern? Exactly. And, <laughs> and then on the, you know, you, you're like, no, I was on Survivor. But on the off chance, you actually, she actually does know you from somewhere else. And you say, I went to Survivor. How embarrassing is that? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like, no, no, that's not <laughs> it. That's not it. <laughs> that, that's happened to me. Yeah, it's happened to me too. So I think, I think you don't want to be, you, you're, at least Lisa Welchel doesn't want to come out and be like, I know you guys know who I am. Like if it's, if it's obscure, you kind of got to let it, let, let people discover it. But if you've done something that can really bite you, you got to come out and, and, and get, get out. And okay. So it's not, if you have fame, but if you have some, if you have infamy. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. That's, that's good. Good to know for the inevitable Ray Rice appearance on Survivor in five years. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Followed by the Adrian Peterson appearance. <laughs> yes. Well, we already know that Keith, uh, he still spanks. I, that so that was interesting too, you know. Given all this national coverage on on, on corporal uh, punishment, yeah, exactly. The fact that the editors chose to leave that in was quite interesting, and I, it makes me wonder if either Jeff or um, God, now I'm blanking on the the creator of Survivor, Mark Man. Burnett. Mark, I can't believe I just did that. Did you just big time Mark Burnett. <laughs> I think so. Should I? And what is that guy? That, Who's that guy? Get that dust off my shoulder. There? <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it makes me wonder if Mark or Jeff were like, you know what, let's get our let's get our two cents in on this this issue, because uh, because it, it was a direct, almost direct commentary, I thought, on corporal punishment. OK, I want to go back to the idea of where Jeremy and Natalie are yelling at John Rocker, looking at him as the person who got their loved ones voted out. And now I made the comparison on Survivor Know-It-Alls the other night. I felt like this reminded me a lot of Survivor Blood versus Water, the original series, uh, TOS, uh, because, Culpepper. yes, Brad Culpepper, you have a yeah. you have a professional athlete who's being viewed as the person who's the ringleader of the tribe. I think in Brad Culpepper's case, it was more the truth than in the case of John Rocker, where I don't think that John Rocker was the ringleader of his group, but he was being seen as the same one. And then you had, of course, it was more, it was a little bit more uh, the people from Redemption Island that were calling out Brad Culpepper. But Tyson was in there, was in there too. Tyson was exchanging words with, yeah. with Brad Culpepper. And now here we have the same sort of dynamic with John Rocker. So you were somebody who was there and you were, went back and, and talked with, with Tyson and the rest of the people from, from that group. Do did you guys have like conversations with Monica about that sort of thing of like, Hey, why is Brad voting out all of our loved ones? No, I think that, that in our season, we, we weren't worried about Brad being the ringleader. At least I wasn't. Um, I think it, it was very much an immediate reaction. Like my, my loved one's out. I'm going to blame somebody. And Brad is the easy target. Not just because he's big and, and everybody knew he was a professional athlete, but also because of his demeanor, you know? And I think it was just like easiest target, yell at them. And I, I think that's the same thing, same thing that happened to John Rocker. I, I would like to touch on this, Rob, that I found really interesting. You saw John Rocker was playing the game. Yeah. You know, he, he was covering his he was covering what he thought were his his bases when he was, you know, okay, if the girls do vote, let's make sure they vote Dale. Um, 
But what I found really interesting, and I think I was guilty of this my second season as well, is John wasn't a very good listener. He didn't ask people, what do you want to do? He told people, do this. And interesting. And that mentality is the mentality that eventually will lead to a blindside. Hmm. You know, I talked to Tyson immediately after on the flight back from the Philippines and, and we had a nice long conversation. He was like, I just learned my first two seasons getting voted out is you got to make people feel like they're making the decisions. And the best way to do that is to ask who do you want to vote out. And you never, I mean, now granted, it could be the editing, but you never saw Rocker do that. Yeah, uh, well, that is is very, very interesting. I, I actually thought that Rocker wasn't terrible within his own tribe. I feel like all of the major flaws in his game were the things that he did externally with, you know, antagonizing the other tribe and some of, and the and the comments that he made at these competitions and stuff like that. But I thought he played a pretty decent game, with at least within his own tribe. Yeah, I, I would agree with that until they went to the challenge, uh, the, the reward challenge. And yes. John publicly announces that he tried his best to save his, you know, Jeremy's wife. It's like now you've already screwed that relationship up. And now you're going to try to like somehow wrest some sort of dignity out of it. And at the same time, tell your whole tribe, you guys weren't important to me. Yeah, no, that was I mean, bad. That was, that that was, was a foolish move on his part. And I think that was probably the start, if you ask me, of why he ended up going home. Yeah, I guess it's more like a... I- I don't want to make it sound like I am saying that John Rocker played a good game, but I kind of thought that he was going to be a total disaster. And I don't think that he's in the, you know, 10 worst survivor players we've seen in the last five years. No. And I would, I would say he's probably in the top half of his tribe even, you know, because at least he's playing, he's, he's playing the game. Yeah. He's not, he wasn't a train wreck on the show. No, he's not a train wreck. He's not, he's not, He's not flying under the radar unintentionally. There's people who fly under the radar intentionally, and there's people who fly under the radar unintentionally, and who just you know happen to get lucky. Mm-hmm. He he was trying, and and granted, he tried the wrong things, but at least he tried. Yeah, he was a train wreck about certain things, but overall, yeah. he wasn't like a major disaster. No, and and you know yeah, exactly. It, it, it was it was good to have him out there. It's a bummer we lost him. Now now the big question is is like who are we gonna watch? Yeah. You know, our main, our main narrative is coming from Josh. He's like our storyteller. And you know it's a, it's a rough season when your storyteller is like kind of middle of the road, not very funny, very intelligent storyteller. Like you need someone funnier. You need a Sesternino. You, you need an apostle. You need, some, you need a narrator who can make you laugh. That's when you know you have a good season of Survivor. And that's not, no knock on Josh. I think Josh is a great player. But I think that he shouldn't be someone getting this much airtime. Well, the problem has been a little bit in that so much of the action has taken place at Coyopa, and yeah. we don't really know a lot of the people at Hunapu. Yeah. Now, have you memorized the, the names of each member of the season? Yeah, the names of all the players? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. And, and that's just because you're such a professional. I mean, but, that's because I talk about it, you know, like uh, five hours a week at least. Yeah, but I'd be curious to know if, if if that was just it, would you still know? Because there's so many people that we haven't really got to know yet. Like if I wasn't doing the podcast, would I know? Yeah, no, let's just say like, yeah, exactly. If I was just a viewer, I wouldn't know. But I, yeah. uh, but I do know because, you know, I've talked about them so much before the season starts. And, and just from, you know, this is, you know, easily, you know, what are we in week three? You know, I've, I've podcast, you know, at least, you know, over 15 hours about, you know, the three episodes of Survivor that have been on so far. That's crazy. Well, which, I'm counting preseason stuff too. Which, you know, this season for me is probably, I've been the most casual of viewers I ever have for a season of Survivor just because we have a son, which makes me think about you 
your son was about my our son's age during my first season of Blood vs. Water, mm-hmm. and you did a fantastic job. And so hats off to you, Rob, for uh, well, actually, yeah, my baby was born uh, a year ago last week. So right, right in the at at this point in Survivor Blood versus Water was when the baby was born. And that is crazy to think that you were able to uh, <laughs> keep the show going. During we, kept it, we kept it going. I took one, I had one week where Malcolm filled in. Malcolm's the go-to fill-in guy if somebody can't host a Survivor podcast. And he filled in really? for me. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's great. Well, how, by the way, how's his reign as Mr. Survivor going? It's been, you know, there, there have been their critics of, of Malcolm's reign as Mr. Survivor. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we should have some sort of independent. Maybe we can get Clark to do this, but see about promises made and promises kept, and see statistics. Maybe, I, maybe like what we, we need is like a right like, track, wrong track poll. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to know which Mister or Mrs. Survivor has kept the most promises throughout the throughout the history of the Mister and Mrs. Survivor contest. <laughs> That'd be it. Would be interesting to track. Um, let's go back to Blood versus Water one and the and the parallels to this because there's there's one thing that I think is really really uh, interesting to talk about, and I think that what happens with Julie next is going to be the the one of the bigger storylines that that I'm going to be following here because in some ways you know Julie is sort of in the uh, Monica Culpepper spot now. Where, you know, in that you had Jeremy and Natalie are the two people that were calling out John Rocker. Okay. And much in the same way that like Tyson is getting into fights with Brad Culpepper and Jervis even uh, is arguing with Brad Culpepper. Okay. So these two people that are anti John Rocker, then um, the third person to lose a loved one is now uh, the girlfriend of John Rocker. And in a similar way, where Jervis and Tyson, uh, they you know they were already aligned, and then here was Monica, who is the wife of somebody who they were annoyed with, and they picked her up and started working with her and got together because they all lost their loved ones. Do you think that it's going to be likely that Julie is going to overcome her differences that she has with Jeremy and Natalie and start to work together because they start to say, "Hey, when this gets to the merge." Uh, you know, I don't think that Reed is sticking with us, uh, or you know, or or whoever's in, whoever's in their alliance. You know, if their loved one is on the other group. Yeah, I mean, I think that I don't think that's the case. I don't think that she's going to end up working with Jeremy. I think Jeremy has enough people in his pocket that he thinks he can work with. Besides Julie, I, I, it would be a wise move on Jeremy's part, but I don't know if he's going to see that uh, opportunity. Okay. Cause Jeremy's Alliance, as I have it right now, it's, it's Jeremy, it's Natalie. He talked to Missy. Uh, he talked to Kelly and I believe it was Keith. Okay. Right. So now Keith, his son is still in the game. Wes is still in the game. Right. Kelly, her dad is still in the game. So Dale, Dale is still in the game. And then Missy, uh, her daughter is still in the game. So Let's say they they merge and they and they're up in the numbers, you know, six four or something like that. Okay. The loved ones versus not loved ones or the tribe, right? So how does how does we know how it unfolded in in Survivor Blood versus, versus Water one? Right. So numbers advantage, and this is what I think is kind of cool about Blood versus Water that it doesn't matter what you come into the merge with because because yeah, people are going to jump. Because they already have a built-in alliance on the other side. Yeah. So you could have an alliance of six people and be totally solid and go into the merge. It's like, all right, time to begong these guys. And it's like, well, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote with my mom. 
Uh, yeah, sorry. Exactly. <laughs> Screw so you. It, so what becomes very interesting is are the people who have loved ones left, do they have good enough relationships with each other, not their loved one, but with each other to cut to the merge and work with each other? You know, like I didn't have a relationship with Laura or with Sierra at the merge. And even though the logical thing was, and Vitas and I talked about this before we went out there, hey, if we get to the merge, we meet up with the other couples if we have numbers, period. Mm-hmm. But I had too good of a relationship with Jervis and I didn't have a good enough relationship with Laura to make it happen. So the question is, is with the couples left, do they have good enough relationships with each other? Have they burned each other enough? Like what's, are they going to be willing to work with each other? Yeah, and have the lessons from Survivor Blood versus Water 1 been learned by the players of Survivor Blood versus Water 2? Exactly. Now, here's here's something that I just say to the listeners, because I'm sure someone listening to this podcast will play Survivor who has never played before. That's accurate. If you are listening to this and you end up getting cast on Survivor, reach out. I mean, even though we're not supposed to say this, reach out to a former player and ask them what mistakes they made. Ooh. Ask them what they would do differently. You know, privately, you'll find them on Facebook and they're happy to, most of them, believe me, all survivors are happy to talk about Survivor. You know, if you just reach out and let them know and learn the lessons, especially if you kind of have an idea of what you're already doing, in, in this case, Blood vs. Water. Now, hold, hold on, I'm trying to think, think in my head. So now this, this has happened to, to you before, right? Players, right. Have, players have talked to you before yeah. the game. That, yeah, I talked to Bobby John before I went out there and then Parvati talked to me. Yeah, pay it so, forward. Yeah, exactly. Pay it forward. And I think like if you're, if you know, if the game starts at casting, they always say that. And it does. If you know you're going out there, get on Facebook and find some survivors, find some ones who were successful, find some ones, some survivors who weren't successful, but make sure the people you choose all have a little bit of self-awareness and ask them, Hey, why, why did it work? Or why didn't it work? Okay. So when you talked to Bobby John, what did Bobby John tell you? Bobby John told me where you sleep will determine how you vote. So notice where people are sleeping. Okay, that's a big one. A lot of people, a lot of people pass that uh, nugget on. I mean, Boston yeah, Rob, I, I gets the most credit for it. I think he said it in Heroes versus Villains. I think. Oh, did he? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, that was well before or well after my experience with Bobby John. So I feel like Bobby John, even though he's not credited as one of the uh, best strategists of all time, had a lot more awareness than he got. Uh, he got his due for. That's sound advice. That sounded great nice. advice. Yeah, and then I passed it to I passed that one along to Parvati, and, and she uh, and she said if I sleep next to a lot of different people, then <laughs> I'll have a lot of alliances. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, that's a good strategy, also. Yeah, yeah. Was there anything else that you told her? <laughs> that was it. That was all I gave her. Okay, well, it was oh, good. No, 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 no. I told her one other thing. I told Parvati one other thing. I said, be clear on how you want to play the game morally before you get there. Don't. Don't come in the game thinking, okay, I want to play the game. I'm not sure how I'll play. Sometimes I'll be honest. Sometimes like, be clear. I'm either going to allow myself to lie while I'm out there or I'm not. But don't get there and then have some moral quandary halfway through the game. Don't pull an Ian. <laughs> okay, good, good. That's, a, that's a, a Pearl Islands reference. That's not a Pearl Islands reference. No, no, no. It's a uh, Palau reference. Yes, yes, that's yes. right. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I blame the baby. I blame River on it. The fact that I couldn't remember Mark Burnett's name. Yeah, are you getting enough sleep? Are you getting uh, sleep right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, we went to bed. I fell asleep at like 930 uh, last night, oh. like a few minutes after River did. And then we woke up at 430 and then again at six. So, yeah, we we weren't. And then we were. And now we're back to not. 
Oh, really? Is yeah. that like the year? Is that it's a teeth? Well, I think it's a teeth thing. Baby development, thing. but yeah, teething's yeah. bad. That's not good. Um, all right. So as, as far as uh, this season goes, um, I know you said that you felt like they did the Otis and Vetus challenge too too early. What's the right time for that? I think you know, in a, in a case like this, I would say like maybe episode five. Is that you when know? it was for you? No, it was episode three, but we had the advantage of them already knowing us. They were half of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got it. You got it. Like, in a, like, but when you're getting conflict like that, you want to know uh, these people before it happens. And also, you know, after five episodes, that's 15 days out there. There are some serious uh, emotions running through your veins. The, cha- the problem is that you could lose a lot of pairs by then also. Yeah. So you I might mean, not get the the long awaited Drew versus Alex showdown. Right. Right, exactly. I I mean that's yeah, that's the risk you run as a producer, but then but if you do it the way you did it this season, I just feel like you don't get any real run out of it. Like is there I think the most exciting thing or and it wasn't necessarily exciting was the it was really hard to watch was when the mother went up against the daughter. That was hard. Yeah, because they headbutted. Yeah, you just like I mean as a parent now, I was just like, "Oh my god." Like, oh, my heart hurt. I don't know how you felt when you watched it. Uh, you know what? I didn't get a clear shot of it. That was the night that we did the live Survivor Know-It-Alls show. And I just like, what, did she hit her with a pillow? Why is she being such a baby? Right. Yeah. I, we actually, we, we, we replayed it to see exactly how it happened to make sure. It was an accident. Frame by frame. Still. Yeah. I mean, and, and Jeff did. It was interesting. Jeff's, I, I know we're going back a few episodes, but it, uh, it was interesting that Jeff chose to describe it as the way he chose to describe that. He was like, oh, and you can see, what's the mother's name? The mother's name, Muffin. No, Missy, Missy. Missy, Missy. Muffin. Muffin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got Muffin confused. Does, Jeff's description was Muffin not, not going at it with as much energy. And I thought that was, you know, that was pretty accurate. Did like, you feel was, like she threw the challenge after that? Absolutely. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I mean, and I would have, t- like, if I did that to River, even 18 years from today, I'd throw it. Uh, you say that now because we saw Wes and Keith going toe to toe last night, and you know Keith was trying his his hardest to to win. I think as they get older, they become kind of a punk, and you want to beat them. Yeah, uh, it's like hey, I'm not old; I'm going to beat you. Yeah, I mean that was, but that was emotional. That was pretty emotional when he, after the the game was over, and he says, you know, I haven't seen him cry like this since grand, great grandpa. I didn't. I it was hard for me to get to the relation exactly who he's referring to. Yeah, we don't we don't know that. We try <laughs> not we clear on that. We tried that to parse that out last person. night. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was uh it was a pretty emotional moment. I mean, I think for me watching the season, it's those moments that really bring me back to being out there because those emotions were raw. On, it's it's like a family visit every time you go into a challenge. Yeah, and Jeff and you, loves it. Yeah, Jeff loves it. I also thought Jeff was. This is another thing I'd like to talk about. It happened in a previous episode, but Jeff was kind of a dick when they were uh, negotiating. Yeah. Yes. Like, when did you become such an asshole, Jeff Probst? Yeah, uh, I, I think he's a uh, being being that big of a jerk is never sexy. And 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 even though he's got great dimples, I think he lost he lost some of his sex appeal there. And great abs. That's true. Great yeah. abs. So, as, as Cochran could tell you. Whoa. Um. So as fa- as far as how they handled that situation, um, have you ever lost the flint? No, but we broke the flint once. Okay. And did you have to negotiate for it? No, because anytime you go to tribal, you can get fire. You can get flint at tribal. Yeah. That's, That's an unwritten, unwritten rule. We should put that. We'll put that in the book also. Uh, yeah. Just know if you're going to tribal, you can have access to flint. Yeah. The way yeah, that so. that they handled it. Jeff was being a little bit of like a bully almost. You yeah. Know? 
He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going to come here with the beans and, and, try, and try to dictate how this is going to go? Like, I don't think so. I, look, I'll be, my life is fine, he told yeah. me. Yeah. How about this, Jeff? I'm going to take 39 days of my life so you can make $3 million this season. How about you just give me some Flint? <laughs> Does that work? Does that work? <laughs> can you shame him into giving you Flint? Yeah, you should just like pull up his salary. Yeah. And then, yeah, that, that might be the move. I, I don't, I don't know. I just felt like, you know, I've had, I've had a few run-ins with Jeff Probst. Most of them have been very positive, but, uh, and I think Jeff is, is a consummate professional typically, but I just thought that that was not, that, that was not a problem. I'm surprised he even let him edit that in, to be honest. He said on Twitter, he liked it. Jesus, man. He liked it. Um, so here's one other thing that I want to go back to. Now, before you were King Otis in Survivor Blood versus Water 1, you were the king of Exile Island That's back right. in Survivor Exile Island. Yes. And so uh, Exile Island comes back for the first time since Survivor Token Sheens. Uh, they, bring, they bring it back here 11 seasons later. Uh, were you happy to see the return of Exile Island? No, no, I wasn't. I, I think Exile Island is a waste of airtime. And, and I think... I mean, fortunately for us, the producers don't spend too much time there. The one, the one cool thing that Exile Island does on this season, particularly, is it allows it allows for there to be more bridges. Uh, there's already so many bridges across the the pond, so to speak. But now there's even more. Yeah. Now there's more opportunity, which that is kind of fascinating to see how that plays out. I mean, the John Rocker thing was a direct result of his, his being on Exile Island. He made a you know made an alliance with Jeremy, broke the alliance with Jeremy, then outed himself about the alliance with Jeremy. And oh, that's the other thing; he didn't break the alliance with Jeremy. He did try. He tried. He tried, yeah. and, and he and he tried to tell him also. Yeah, he did try. I feel like I feel like at least now that the, the episode has, has aired, at least he's been vindicated. All right, so Otis, I have some questions for you that came to us uh, that I pulled the Rob as a podcast patrons real quick before we came on. So I have some questions for you, but because that we sort of had short notice in doing this, I have uh, questions for you. And then I also have some of the leftover questions for Todd. I would prefer the questions for Todd. <laughs> I'd prefer all the questions for Todd. Okay. So uh, I'd love to just uh, fire away with some questions. I have, I have some for you and some for Todd. Let's do it this way. You don't tell me who it's for and never say Todd if it's in the question. Okay. All right. I know there's probably some questions that are going to give it away, but let's see if we can do this. Okay. All right. And I'll try to guess who it was for first. All right. Uh, first question. Okay. Uh, this comes to us from Scott Sutherland. Is Dr. Phil as big of a D-bag as he seems? Okay, obviously this question was for me. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Dr. Phil is a fake. He's a phony. And he, uh, he, he, he's a philanderer. He caters to uh, audiences and doesn't really care about any sound mental or... Uh, Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> That's my answer. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go ahead. This is actually a uh, a very uh, poignant question. This is from Laura Holtzwasser. Uh, she uh, called this in as a uh, as a voicemail, but I think this actually works better as a uh, text question. Um, she wanted to know, and this is a, a great point. She says, "Do you think that Survivor Blood versus Water will dedicate an episode to Caleb?" I was surprised the premiere wasn't dedicated to him. Do you think they are saving it for the finale or they're not going to comment on his death at all? So, I, yeah, I, I would hope that they acknowledge him at the finale. I know it would mean a lot. I don't know, but I, I would guess that it would mean a lot to his family. And um, yeah, 
just yeah it's surprising that they didn't do anything especially that it's you know the first season after he passed away in the summer and then also it just so happens to be a a blood Blood versus water season um and the the fact that you know um and i had not again it was not something that was at the top of my mind at the start of this season um but i mean for the show unless they are going to save it saving it for the finale which is going to be you know a good like 6 months after uh the you know the tragedy happened um seems like a long time to wait yeah yeah I, i'm i'm it's a little different for me cuz I, I i you know i think of caleb a little more often a lot more often than you know i knew him so, uh, but yeah, it, it, it would be nice if they acknowledged him. Uh, I, I think it would just mean a lot to his family and to his friends. And he, that Caleb was an amazing man. He was a really wonderful man. And uh, yeah, just thank, thankfully I got to know him via survivor. And unfortunately, you know, he got taken way too early, but that's, that's, I mean, it would be nice if they acknowledged him at the finale. Yeah. In fact, I, I, you know, not that I have any, I don't draw much water in this town, but I might, send an email off and see if I can't get that. All right. Good. Good. Laura Holtzwasser getting the, the wheels in motion. Yeah, that's a That's a good question. I think it definitely Caleb deserves that. Yeah, I think so too. Um, okay. Mike Bloom wants to know of the three hero arena duels that we've seen so far, which one do you know you could have beaten Vetus at? <laughs> All right, let's go through it. Let's go best two out of three. Who's 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 winning this? The first one was the like, uh, like getting out of the cage and then throwing the ropes. Yeah, I, I think I would have. Uh, I think I would have won that. Um, the next one was Plinko, right? That I would have won that. Well, the, no, last- the, the, yeah, the next one was sort of like walking across and and sort of like you had to like balance the ball and the disc. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it was like rolling ski ball. Yeah, it, ball. yeah, yeah. I, I would have definitely won that. No, Vetus probably would have won all of them. Really? Yeah, yeah. I just, I'd rather just, just be honest about this. Vetus probably would have won all three of them. I mean, most of them require a lot of balance, and Vetus has great balance. Uh, the first one, I would have had a shot because it was a throwing, and I do really well with that. But I, the balance things, that's that's Vetus's cup of tea for sure. Okay. As a Libra, you know, we're always out of balance. We're seeking balance. Whoa. But, yeah. Well, when's your birthday? September 26th. I just oh, had a just, birthday. Just, it just happened. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. When's your birthday? Uh, October 20th. Oh, dude. Well, how are we celebrating? <laughs> I don't know. Let's party. We're, let's, let's do it. Let's go to Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, let's bring the kids. Okay. Let's, um, you know, let's, let's go play a uh, putt-putt over at the, uh, the castle. Oh, yeah. Far from you. That'd be perfect. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, how about this one? Uh, here's a question. Uh, it's great to hear from you. Do you think that Reed or Josh can continue the trend of a homosexual winning Survivor every 14 seasons? Wow. Richard Hatch in Survivor 1. Then there was also a homosexual winner in Survivor 15. And now it's Survivor 29. Wow. Wow. There's always a pattern to be found, huh? Yes. I, think Josh has a, I think Josh has a really good chance of winning this thing. You, you like, uh, if I gave you a choice, Josh or Reed, you're taking Josh? Yeah, I, I would take Josh, um, but that's just because we know him a little bit better already. You know, I think Josh's Josh's downfall is that he he's a little playing a little too hard too early. You know, he I don't know I don't know why he wasn't able to tell Baylor a few a few episodes ago, two episodes ago how he was voting and 
there's just some things, some decisions he's making that you think, okay, hopefully he'll learn from this. But he's definitely playing the game. So I think Josh has a good shot. Okay. Mike Dowd wants to know who And by you- the way, one every 14 seasons, that might not be so accurate, you know. Oh, you think that there are there are other winners uh who are who are also gay but have not come out of the closet? Yeah, potentially. Hmm. I, I think I think uh, I I'd be I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, well now I'm I'm doing a mental Rolodex a one. of let me I'm trying to think of some other people. Uh Tony I mean, he's a cop, so I don't want to say anything bad about him because he might arrest me. But uh, right, you're not Tony? you're not coming out right now, are you? No, I'm not coming out. Okay, but Tony, we have Tyson, who's with Rachel. So yeah, we would assume that that's not a sham. Well, uh, you never know. And then Kim Spradlin, who's married. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else do we have? We have uh, could be a beard. All these things you don't know anything. I don't know anything. I'm just saying sexuality you know, is not cut and dry on us. It, and that's the thing. It's not. I mean, we, we like to pretend like you're one or the other, but there's a spe- no. There's a spectrum of sexual preference that is largely under uh underspoken. Yeah. Underdescribed. Okay. Now are are you saying that we should we should investigate this further or you feel like uh you're just spitballing? No, I don't think we should investigate at all. I I I I mean, granted, I I don't know what it's like to be uh, part of that uh, of a kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Part of a group of people in society that that is not, you know, l- the world was made for a straight white man. So I'm not in a position to say anything. But I I really don't think it matters if you're gay or not if you win Survivor is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Uh. So would would being sexually ambiguous help or hurt your game? I think it helps. Yeah. Why not? I it helps. I, yeah. I I I mean, I honestly think a, a like. A athletic gay man has a great chance of winning the game. Yeah. Um, they, 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 to generalize, I feel like... It's a slippery slope. We, this is slippery. I could get in a lot of trouble. I'm going to stop here. Yeah. Let's move on. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's take another question. And uh, how about... Uh, let's go to... Uh, Benjamin Standing, the great Benjamin Standing, wants to know: uh, Did you have a nom flashback watching the current Survivor loved ones battle each other? Have you and Vetus engaged in any mono imano activities since your season ended? If so, results, please. We both made babies. Yes, and they're both healthy. That's good. Uh, but no, no, no mono, no, no mono imano. Other than that, we both made babies. He did his first. He made his first. Uh, his is four months older than, than, than mine. So I guess he wins again. Here's a question. Uh, Josh Spaulding wants to know, are you excited that you've gotten more airtime in commercials this fall than you did during exile Island? Did you hear about this? I did. I did. I heard a lot about it. I was like, people would keep saying, saw you on TV. Okay, good. Well, let me set this up because I think a lot of people don't know what we're talking about. So I guess in, in, uh, was it San Diego? Was it, was it during the Jets uh, chargers game? I don't know. I don't know. During football this past Sunday, um, I think that CBS, I'm not sure if it was nationally or just in the like a West Coast market, aired a commercial for Survivor Blood versus Water one. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what happened during football. No way. That's crazy. But I mean, I know that the, a lot of the commercials before the season started had Vetus and I in it. Yeah. As well. But oh. that's 
Yeah, oh, that's that's that that might even be what they're talking about. Yes, I think that's what he's referencing. Oh, okay, but also this past weekend that there was a commercial that ran that they ran the wrong the wrong year of Survivor commercial. How, now, how does that happen? Coincidentally, ratings were up a tenth of a point on Wednesday night. <laughs> I, think we, I think we know what people wanted. People <laughs> wanted the return of the Bushkowskis brothers. I think they go, man, what a twist! What a twist! I, I mean, listen, I. Uh, chances are I'm not coming back, but I would love to see Vetus get back out there. Yeah. Uh, you're like Vetus's agent now. I, I am. I am. You know, he's, uh, he deserves a second shot. Okay. Uh, I think so too. I think he's on, he's on our list. And I think he might, went in the first round of the underrated players outside of the top 30 uh, when we did that over the summer. Oh, really? He was, he's outside of the top 30 in the Survivor overall rankings, but somebody who uh, uh, a lot of us on the panel feel like could do very well in a second time around. Was I in the top 50? Uh, I'm, I think you were. I think you were, you were higher than, uh, than Vita's. I mean, you have a, a win under your belt. That's true, but I mean, it's a largely disregarded win. It, but it's still a win. A, a win is a win. You were, I don't even think you were the worst winner. No, I don't think so either. Everybody else does. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, you are not in the, uh, in, the, in the worst winner category. Look, here's the deal, Rob. I'm going to be really honest with you. I have Please a lot. Do. I've gained a lot of baby weight, and my self-confidence is at all-time lows. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it's just, I, I just need compliments right now. Yeah, no. Um, Otis, I'm telling you that uh, nobody, nobody wants to hear you talk about how uh, you don't feel attractive. <laughs> I'll just tell you that right now. That's not that I'm not going to get any <laughs> Nobody's nobody has any sympathy for you on that one. Yeah, well, I'm just letting you know. I I've, I've gained about 15 baby pounds. So, yeah. it's a different look. Yeah, nobody's feeling bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I'd rather Rob be able to do 15 pull-ups like you can do than I don't think I ever did 15 pull-ups. I I bet you could knock out 15. What do you think right now? Right now, I think I could do like five or six. That's more than I could do. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm just, it's hard. It's hard when you have a baby. Like I wanted to go to yoga this morning. That wasn't going to happen. I know. It's, it's tough. It's, it's a challenge. Okay. Um, let's take another, another question. And uh, okay. Uh, ding, marry, kill. Yeah. Uh, John Robert, John Rocker, or Lunch Lady Denise? Ooh. Okay. I'm definitely gonna. I'm definitely gonna have sex with Rocker. For <laughs> okay. Sure. All right. That guy looks like he'd be fun. It's a ding. Uh, I'm probably. I'm probably gonna kill John Robert because I feel like he'd gamble the family money away. Yeah, but he'll make the family money. Well, depends. And I think Denise looks like she can make a heck of a lunch. So I'll <laughs> marry her. <laughs> She's got some sloppy joes for you. Exactly. Okay. Uh, how about uh, ding, marry, kill Josh Reed or Doctor Phil? Ooh, kill <laughs> Phil. You're very anti Dr. Phil. I'm not a big Dr. Phil guy. <laughs> I feel like it's a load of, load of crap, that guy. Um, all right, I kill Dr. Phil. I marry Reed. No, no, no. I have sex with Reed and I marry Josh. The reason I have sex with Reed is because we don't know him as well. And I feel like the excitement of having sex with a stranger seems so much <laughs> more enticing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I guess it depends on the, on the stranger. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I would uh, continue talking about strangers, but I will, uh, I will not. Okay. Uh, let's go to a, uh, another question. This is from uh, uh, Ariel 
uh, Kalish Glassman. Uh, this is a long question, but uh, hang in there. It's a long I think last name and a long question. I, I think it's two names. Two names. Okay. Right, hang in there because I think it's interesting. Uh, she says, at the Panama family visit, Terry won the right to decide who got to spend time with their loved one. Terry chose himself and Shane, who then visited uh, with his son, Boston. That left Otis and Danielle with little more than just a hug from their moms. Okay, you remember this? Yeah, Danielle didn't even get a hug. Oh, my God. Uh, So back at camp after the visit, there was a heated conversation between Otis and Terry about what relationship is more important, husband and wife, father and son, or young adult and mother. Terry came down pretty hard on Otis in the debate, chalking it up to Otis being young and inexperienced in life. Now that Otis is a father and in a committed relationship, does he view that interchange with Terry any differently now? Would you now agree with Terry? Would you now choose the same as Terry did if you were in Terry's position and say Alec and Drew were playing in the young Otis role? Great question. That's a great question. Um, yeah, I, I, I view the conversation differently. I think... Age and, and not that many years have passed, but enough years have passed that I probably wouldn't have even had the conversation mm-hmm. um, in the sense that like I wasn't going to change his mind and he wasn't going to change mine. I think that I wasn't having a conversation about what relationship is more important. What I was having a conversation about, and I still believe this to this day, is that it doesn't matter the relationship. What matters when you're out there is that you have some connection to home, whoever that person is, and that when you choose. And, and Terry was in an unenviable situation where he had to make a choice. But once you make that choice, don't come back and then tell the other people that their loved one was less significant. Whether or not those relationships are stronger, it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the person who didn't get chosen is going through, uh, you know, a loss, essentially a lost opportunity. And, and, you know, that's what I was trying to communicate with Terry. It wasn't that like, oh, my relationship with my mother is more important than Boston's relationship with you know with with Shane that wasn't what I was arguing, um, but I think you know maturity would have told me just don't have that argument like so what he sees your point it doesn't really matter you know okay interesting interesting uh, that's what's fun about going back at this stuff and then we kind of sort of talk about it like you know at the moment and then talk about it like you know however many years later yeah it's really that is an interesting question but yeah I mean I stick I stick to the premise that I was arguing I just think there was no point in arguing it. This is a very good question from uh, Patrick Layer, And Patrick says, uh, Otis, having gone through both twists on different seasons, do you think Redemption Island or Exile Island works better for a blood versus water season? Mm. Uh, I'd like to answer that, but I think it's too early to tell. If you were a producer and you had to make the call before season 29 starts, what would you say? God... Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Redemption Island, generally speaking, because I don't think you should have a second shot to get back in the game. Um, so I think I'd go with Exile Island. Okay. Uh, now that being said, I, I, I if you're comparing seasons, I, I would choose our season over this season in terms of entertainment value. But I think there's other mitigating factors that, that create that. Can I pitch you on something? Yeah. How about half and half? What about we have Redemption Island pre-merge 
and then okay. merge you. Then exile. after the after the merge, we're gonna send somebody to Exile Island or or two people to Exile I, Island. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I think I think that's. I mean, one person would be interesting. At yeah. That point, you know, isolate somebody. Go to go to Exile Island and maybe do we do we want to put the immunity idol on Exile Island? Yeah. Because maybe you want to go there. So like, let's say you did it in the second half of the season and you wanted to have two people. How would you determine the two people, the, la- the last two finishers? Would it be the last finisher plus you choose? No, one? I, I think that I would let the person who wins the reward uh, choose. Both? Yeah. Wow. Get to send two people to Exile on yeah, you. And I, you can include I mean, yourself. Be- you could send yourself also. That would be very interesting. I, I, I wouldn't let you be able to send yourself. That, 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 that's Why not? Too- that's too easy of an out. Then you, but then you, but then you are going to have problems in, in the game, you know? Yeah, but that's the whole point. Like you want to, like, I mean, you make people make hard choices, right? Well, I think it's, it would almost be like you could send yourself to Exile Island, but you increase the chances that you're going to get voted out. So it's like, fine, you want to go to Exile Island, f- feel free, but you, but you I, do it I, at the expense of your game. Interesting, because I, I, I feel like you remember on Blood vs. Water when Monica chose to give up her 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 reward of eating so that everyone else could eat yeah i feel like that's a cop-out like i feel like it's like no choose two people and show us where you show us where you sit you know interesting yeah that's i mean that's from a, that's from a viewer's perspective i think it was very smart that monica did it but i i i would much rather see people have to either choose between their alliance or do they feel confident enough in their alliance that they're not going to out it and choose two other you know what i mean must choose yeah, I, I, I like must-chooses. Okay, Joe Terso has a question. In an all-winner season, who is the most dangerous player in your mind? And I'm not going to say who this question was for. Right, in an all-winner season, the most dangerous Who's person? the most dangerous player on the board? Hmm. Sandra. Is it Sandra? But I feel like that she wouldn't be treated as the most dangerous player on the board. Well, she's won twice. And I, I actually don't say that because she's won twice but I say that because she's won twice, if that somehow makes sense. Yeah. Like, I think Sandra is the best player to ever play the game, period. Oh, wait, so when you say, you're not saying because she won twice, you're saying because she won twice. Uh, which which definite, how are you saying that? I'm saying that, like, she won twice because she's really good at the game. Yeah. I'm not saying it, like, because she won twice, so that has to, like, I mean, she won twice for a reason. It wasn't an accident. Um, and I, I really do think Sandra is the best player to play this game. I think Parvati is a close second. I think Todd played a really strong game. I think Kim plays a really strong game. I mean, there's there's a lot. Tyson's win was big. Like, there's a lot of people, but I think you got to look at Sandra as like she knows how to really put people against each other so that she's not in the middle of it. Interesting, but I, I again, I, I feel like all winter season, all the winners show up. I don't feel like people are talking about like, well, got to get Sandra out. No, I feel like it's look. I, I think the truth of the matter is is that unfortunately. Anytime you have a season of Survivor, initially, the first thing people are going to do is be like, all right, who physically has the most intimidating appearance? And that's, the, and, and that's like a, a bias that's so unnecessary. But then you're going to look at like big strong men are going to be the first targets. And, and, and then there's going to be your, you know, your social, like Cochran, you know, could be really dangerous. Like there's just so much there, but this, the smart players are the ones that use the, like the stereotypical reasons to vote somebody out and they don't happen to have those qualities and they, they do it. I, I don't know if you'll go here with me. Who do you think will be the first person out on all winter season? Mm. Cause it's going to be interesting. It's not going to be who's the worst player. No, uh, it's not going to be who's the weakest. No, um, 
If some, but somebody's got to go home first. Somebody's got to go home first. That's a good question. I'm trying to think of who who it would be, and it's it's real it's really really tough. Yeah, I mean, like because you've got to figure. Look, they can choose between thirty people basically. Yeah, close to thirty. So they're gonna get. Oh, Christy, Christy's listening to this conversation. She said it would be Fabio. Fabio. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it. I, if Fabio was out there, it wouldn't be Fabio. I don't think he. Why would you vote Fabio out first? Yeah, he's so agreeable. I wonder if it would be Tony. Because I feel like he's so he's he's recent, he's right, fresh and, in people's minds, and like oh, he's gonna be this guy's up to a million shenanigans. Yeah, but I don't feel like Tony has the same. Uh, people don't have the same view of Tony as the way they did like Russell, you know. Yeah, but I feel like it, for lack of a good answer, I could see it being uh, them saying let's let's just take out Tony. I could see it being Tony. I could see it being Hatch. Yeah, Hatch is uh, just like an easy target, you know. Yeah, somebody who makes it too, who makes it easy. I could see it being Sandra. Yeah, um, you know, I, those are people that I could I could see it being. And just for the record, I I have no plans on going back, and not not that they've invited me back and that they would, but like I don't. It was it watching. I watched the episode last night. It was so hard for me to watch when I remember being back there, how hard it is to blindside people and be blindsided. I think just for my own sanity, I've, I've retired. I've bronzed my uh, ripped survivor shirt. Mm-hmm. I've bronzed my buff. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I, I don't think I would go back and I don't even know if I get invited back, but um, yeah, I, I think Sandra could be a target. I think hatch could be a target. And I think, yeah, Tony, Tony might be a target as well. Yeah. I think it's going to be somebody who gives you a reason who to like uh, somebody that's like, you know, um, kind of cocky and anybody who like if you you just need a reason it's the first vote you just need a reason for anything. yeah exactly i mean i think what would be awesome if they brought brought back, brought back all the winners and francesca and we just voted off francesca yeah yeah well she would <laughs> definitely get voted off in that scenario because she's the one person if, who- if francesca ever gets brought back and the, the rest of the tribe doesn't vote her off first they're rude <laughs> yeah, they don't have any sense of humor <laughs> um yeah. Oh, oh, all right. Let's say a few, a few more questions. Uh, okay. Uh, this is a question. Uh, if Amanda went back on Survivor, how much would you charge to be her final tribal council coach? Oh, like Amanda Parvati, Amanda? Yes. How much? I believe, I, I believe her name is Amanda Kimmel. Yes, Amanda Kimmel. I was just making sure we were talking about the same Amanda. Yes. Uh, how much would I charge her? Yes. Uh, uh, well, let's see. I would charge half the difference between a million and a hundred thousand dollars. You would charge her for uh, I guess what five hundred thousand dollars? Nearly, nearly four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, to be a final tribal council coach, she has no guarantee of getting there. If she, you know, if she makes the final tribal council, she's guaranteed to get second place unless she gets coached. So in her case, I would be adding four hundred fifty thousand dollars to her to her tally. Boy, after I take my winnings. I would I would do it for like like a uh, hundred bucks. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously I'd do it for free, probably <laughs> to be able to, to, to be in part of it. I mean, come on, it's something that we well, all wait, know. But you, that you you opened with your first offer was four hundred fifty thousand dollars, and then you said you'd do it for free. Well, it's a negotiation, Rob. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, um, but you I'm would just trying to get maximum value. I'm just trying to get River into private school. You know, yeah. Tough. That's tough. That's that's about a year's tuition. Yeah. Um. But you would would you do that for for if somebody came to you? 
and ask me to coach them on a final tribal? Yes. Yeah, heck yeah. I mean, we could do it right now. Let, let's do it. Let's do this part of BR rules. What's the rules to final tribal? Number one, own your shit. Yeah. I think that's just a good rule overall. It's related to the to rule about being infamous. You know, own it. Don't apologize. Yeah. Um, what if somebody also, asks for an apology? Yeah, and don't be abrasive. That's the like. Don't people are going to try to pick a fight with you? See if you can avoid the fight. Yeah. Okay. So John Rocker would be really terrible in oh a final tribal council. God, can we get him to a final tribal? No, you couldn't get him. You couldn't <laughs> even get him to the jury. He's not even dateable. How many how many seasons would John Rocker have to play to get to final tribe? Final tribal council. Uh, are we doing it with the men in black? Sort of, we wipe everybody's memory, or you get to remember what happened in the previous season. He gets to remember, but nobody else does. Hmm, it's like Groundhog's Day. Yeah, uh, I think it would take him like uh, like four hundred seasons. Okay, and what what about you? What do you think? For me to get to final tribal council, but I get to rem- is it, am I playing with the same people over and over again? No, no, it's new. It's a new cast. It's a new cast every time, but I get to keep yeah. playing Survivor. It's not like a cast that Boston Rob got, where it was made for him to get to Final Tribal Council. It's a legit cast. I mean, I think if you gave me like five times, I feel like I could do it. All right, five times. That's fair. Like if I had like five lives of uh, yeah. you know trying to get there, I feel like I feel like that's probably the same number I'd ask for. Yeah, you know, if I'm not gonna be in, cocky about it, but I feel like if no, could, no, no. Five I, think, times, I think I think one in five. That's that's about what I would think. I can yeah, I'm, well, I'm playing Survivor for my seventh time against people that are playing never played before. Yeah, exactly. Feeling pretty good. Yeah, and it's like a random draw too. You don't know who you're going to get out there, and depends. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll I think see. it's fair. I think it's, I think it's pretty humble. Okay, fair assessment. Let me do uh, one last question. Let's go to Randy Rice, the musically inclined Randy Rice, who much like yourself, uh, Otis Rob. When is Keith- Randy is Randy the the the, uh, the lengthened name of Ray? Hmm. He took the ND ND out and just. I believe Raymond is the uh, lengthier. Uh, yeah, I know, but I was just trying to get to Ray Rice. That's where I was trying. Oh, to get- you think it's Ray Rice? So that you think that Ray Rice is doing some uh, work undercover before he goes on Survivor in five years? Exactly. Okay. Otis exactly. uh, Rob. When Keith and Wes were having their moment post-duel, they cut to Baylor looking sort of saddish and then Missy wiping away her tears. Do you guys think that that was just to build empathy because they fall into the same relationship category as Wes and Keith? Or since Baylor didn't look as sad as Missy, could that be some foreshadowing that Missy may get Sierrafied? Ooh. Ooh. Sierrafied. Why don't you take this first and I'll uh, follow up. What do you think? Boy, I think that um, it would not surprise me to see uh, Muffin, a.k.a. Missy, get Sierrafied this season. Yeah. I mean, you got the you got the headbutt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for every two, there is a fro. <laughs> <laughs> Who has a fro? I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Could be. Yeah. That's a good good question, but uh, you know, I, let's be honest. This is, season's been largely underwhelming. I hope that happens. Yes, uh, be exciting. But, yeah, it would, it would add a twist. You always want more. The more the more twists, the more backstabs, the better. More drama, the better. Exactly. All right. Well, Otis, uh, I really appreciated you uh, coming in and uh, stepping up to the plate today. I was really in a in a tough spot this morning of trying to figure out what to do with the podcast. And you were a, a true friend uh, stepping up and uh, helping us out and helping there be a Survivor podcast today. 
Of course, Rob. Thanks for having me, man. You know, I, I enjoy doing this. So, uh, but this doesn't count as my season. Okay, well, uh, let me ask you a question next. about this. Uh, so we're going to get together in person for, uh, for the next one, whether you come here or I, I come to you or we, or we go to a studio. Um, we go to Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, we go to Chuck E. Cheese. How do you feel now? Ooh, what if we did a live show while we were skee-balling? Oh, skee-balling? No, that, that's too, too, too many noises. Too many noises. Well, could we do a live show that was near Chuck E. Cheese so that part of it required us walk in and have a <laughs> skee-ball contest between the two of us? Sure. Uh, we, could, we could do that and, re- and talk about it after the fact. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Now, would you want Vetus to be a part of this show? Or does Vetus yeah. have to get his own podcast? Uh, I mean, I think, you know what? I think Vetus would like his own podcast. I don't mind if Vetus is part of it, but I think Vetus would like his own. Okay. All right, let's, so we'll he's, see. He's, he's got an open invite to mine, but I think he would probably, he deserves his own, uh, his own, his own microphone, so to speak. Well, we'd give him his own microphone. Well, this is more of a uh, sentimental use of the word microphone. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll, 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 fi- we'll figure it all out. Uh, Odyssey, you have a hashtag to give people. Oh. Oh yeah, hashtag um, Sierrafied. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hashtag Sierrafied. Let's do it. Perfect, perfect. Uh, anything that you're working on? I know you always have a lot of stuff going on that you could talk about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I sold Tundra gear. Oh, Mazel Tov. Yeah. So uh, if you're buying winter hats this winter, it will be from somebody else. Oh man. Uh, um, but this is this is uh, this, this is exciting. Is awesome. this, this is a dream come true. Yeah. This, this is great. It's uh, yeah. I had been talking about it for some time and it happened and it was great. Now, was uh, it a mis- is it a mistake though to, to uh, sell your winter hat company in the summer? Is that, isn't that like uh, selling at the, uh, the wrong end of the market? Don't you want to sell when it's the coldest possible so you can really uh, get a, uh, the, the biggest sale, like at the height of the, of the hat well, weather actually, market? The wholesale market is happens in the summer. Believe okay. It, for winter All right. Hats, good. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now, uh, you know, my, my fiance, Christine, I call her my wife sometimes. Sometimes I just call her my girlfriend, sometimes my roommate. But um, we started a company together, a woman's clothing company, women's dresses. It's called Dawn, D-A-W-N. Yes. And the website is shopdawn.com. Not to be used with uh, shopdawnmehan.com. Exactly. Uh, where you can exactly. buy all sorts of uh, bread and, and yeah, re- retainers and stuff like that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's shopdawn.com. It's dresses. Uh, and so Christy designs them all and I just help her with the business side of it. Yeah, And you guys do really awesome stuff on Instagram too. Yeah, yeah. And it's shopdawn on Instagram is the, uh, is the thing. But um, yeah, that's, that's what I've been up to. And it, I mean, you, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, the only thing you'll really see are pictures of a river. Yeah. Pictures of my son. And uh, that's, that's, that's the, the harsh reality of being a father is that the only thing that really becomes of any importance is your little guy. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's hard to find the, uh, work life balance. And, uh, you know, I, I stop myself sometimes like, uh, people want to see another picture of my kid. Uh, yeah, no, it's like, I, 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 I try to stop myself, but I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm putting it anyways. I don't, I know I'm, I'm I know I'm probably losing followers when I post this picture, but I'm doing it anyways. Yeah. Uh, well you will never lose me as a follower, my friend. Oh, all right. Well, I'll count on you then. Yes. All right. Well, Otis, thank you so much. It was great being on here. And hopefully uh, we'll have another time where it's just you and I. But if it's me, you and Vetus, that's cool, too. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace, Rob. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was Otis Bushkowskis coming in and helping out here in a pinch on Rob has a podcast. So thank you so much to 
Otis. Now, if you're expecting voicemails right now, no, I already did them. They are in part one of our recap from Thursday night with Antonio Mazzaro. Very, very fun. I felt like last night was the first night we were really in the swing of things on the voicemail. Had a lot of voicemails uh, to go through, and that's always a very, very fun exercise for me to hear what you guys are saying because uh, most of them are pretty enjoyable uh, to listen to. A couple of clunkers there. I'm not going to lie, but for the most part, the stuff that you guys are sending in, uh, very, very good in uh, week three. I think we're finally on point. I want to take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of Robinson Podcast, and those are our friends over at Hulu Plus, because Hulu Plus lets you watch all sorts of shows on demand that you can go ahead and watch. If you have a friend that tells you, oh my God, are you watching The Flash? It's like, oh my God, I didn't watch it this week. And then how do you go ahead and go back and watch all of these episodes? Well, Hulu Plus is the answer because it's the fall and you've got all of these shows and this is the perfect time to be watching a lot of TV because it's cold outside. Get your pumpkin spice latte and go ahead and put on the Hulu Plus because right now Hulu Plus has current season episodes of your favorite shows like Sleepy Hollow, Bob's Burgers, Once Upon a Time, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Mindy Project. Of course, uh, I really want to uh, get caught up on the new season of The Goldbergs, which is one of my favorite shows. If you're not caught up on any of these shows, you can catch up on Hulu Plus. Now, you've probably watched regular Hulu on your computer, but Hulu Plus is much more because Hulu Plus lets you watch every episode of shows like South Park, Family Guy, America's Next Top Model, and many of the back catalog seasons of Survivor. And you can go ahead and watch Hulu Plus on your computer, Smart TV, Roku, Apple TV, Xbox, Wii, PlayStation, pretty much any streaming device that you already own. And with Hulu Plus, you're in total control to stream as much as you want, whenever you want. You can binge watch all of the shows that you're behind on. And if you're like Otis waking up in the middle of the night with a baby, I'm telling you, Hulu Plus is perfect to put on a bunch. You don't have to flip through the channels of what do I want to watch, what do I want to watch, what do I want to watch. Just go ahead and start a watch, watching a whole season of a show that you've never even seen before. For only $7.99 a month, you could watch your fall shows anytime, anywhere. But I'm giving you guys a discount with a two-week free trial when you go to HuluPlus.com slash Rob. That's two weeks better than one. So make sure you go to HuluPlus.com slash Rob. Get the extra week free and let them know uh, that we sent you because it helps support the podcast and you get a better deal at HuluPlus.com slash Rob. One more time, that's HuluPlus.com slash Rob. Of course, um, I have uh, some big, exciting stuff coming up as well over the weekend. Of course, Friday night is the Amazing Race wrap up show. Then on Sunday, we're going to be talking about the return of Bill Hader to Saturday Night Live and also the Walking Dead premiere with Josh Wiggler. Both of those shows are going to be on Post Show Recaps. That's our scripted TV podcast site, uh, postshowrecaps.com. But then on Monday, it's time to get back into Survivor. And this is a show that a lot of people had been asking for. And uh, here it is. My friend Angie Kantz is going to be back to talk about her Kantz types, which are all of the different types of people that you see in Survivor ranked by order of chance that they win the game. She's gone through all of the historical types of people that get cast on the show. And uh, she's going to talk about the likelihood of each of the characters to win uh, based on her research and findings. So we'll do that on 
Monday. And then, of course, uh, we start to uh, do it all over again. We'll have an amazing race exit interview. We will then have Survivor Know-It-Alls on Wednesday. And then we will talk to the next person that gets kicked off Survivor next week. And then Eliza will be our guest on the Survivor podcast. So very, very busy time. Oh, of course. And uh, Kurt Clark and I will get back together to talk about This is Utopia. So that's coming up as well on Rob as a podcast uh, early next week, probably Monday for the Utopia podcast for the five or six of you guys who are asking me about that. Thanks to everybody who's become on and be a patron over uh, the last couple of weeks to kick off the season. Greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, we're going to have our upcoming patron cast. I believe it's going to be on Monday night, October 27th. So I'm looking forward to that as well later on this month. If you want to find out more about the benefits of becoming a patron, you can always go and check out my video at robhaswebsite.com slash patron or click the banner in the sidebar on robiswebsite.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye.